Hi guys, Amy here. I'm back for series two of my podcast, The Boring Shit You Need to Know About Business. In series two, I'm so excited to bring you more business owners and conversation to challenge the way we do things in business. Hey guys, in today's episode, I would like to discuss the balance sheet. The what, you say? (laughs) The balance sheet, that forgotten report that all of us business owners really should be paying attention to. I've been in finance now for over 20 years and have worked with some amazing business owners, and it still plagues me as to how many of them don't refer to their balance sheet, don't know what it is, or even if they have one. So I'm here today to give the balance sheet some of that love that it deserves and hopefully provide business owners with some insight into how it can be potentially dangerous to ignore it and all the good stuff too. So let's jump in. So for those playing at home, what is a balance sheet? It is your statement of your financial position and who wouldn't want to know that? It highlights what financial position you are in as a business owner. Pretty important information, I would suggest. What do you think? So what is it that you find on the balance sheet? Let's get back to basics, shall we? Uh, You'll find your assets, which I'm sure we're all very much aware of. You'll find your liabilities, again, a term that I'm assuming is very familiar to most, and you'll find a little known thing called your owner's equity. So I'm going to take you through a little bit of these concepts, a few of these concepts, just to give it weight and to highlight throughout this discussion exactly what I'm talking about, this forgotten report that, that provides you with some really amazing information about your business. So let's kick off with what's at the forefront of a balance sheet for the most part. It's these assets. So what are they? They're those things in the business that drive your revenue. Yes, whilst we're not talking about revenue because that belongs on the profit and loss statement, we are talking about the key components in your business, namely your assets that are going to drive your revenue. We purchase assets purely, or we should be purchasing assets purely with the intent to make income. Some really obvious assets that I'm talking about that we probably all are aware of are things like inventory. So the stock that it, that you sell in your business is considered an asset. And of course, it links back to this concept that it's going to help us generate income through the sale of those pieces of inventory. Other assets that we need to take into consideration are things like cash. Whilst cash seems like an obvious asset, a lot of people forget that it actually is an asset and it's a driver of income. How? Unlike our physical stock that is our inventory, cash still is physical. We can still utilize cash to purchase various different things to generate income. We can use the cash in our business to hire people to generate income through sales people and even social media experts. So cash is a really significant asset that helps in generating this income in our business that falls onto the profit loss statement that we're all very much familiar with. And I know you guys know that because that's where people tend, that's where business owners tend to keep their focus. But for us today, we're going to talk a little bit about how our assets can do that. So we purchase inventory with the sole purpose of selling it to generate income. The balance sheet itself highlights how much inventory we actually have 
in our business. Now, whilst I can appreciate that a lot of you probably have some sort of system whereby you track your inventory, believe me when I say a lot of people don't. And even if they do track their inventory, it's this whole concept of what do I then do with that information? Yes, I know my volumes. Yes, I understand how much I've got of something, how much I have of another thing. But are you really measuring certain aspects of your inventory control? So things like how frequently am I turning over? How frequently am I selling all of my stock and then bringing in new stock? How frequently am I selling certain components or certain pieces of my stock? And when we talk about frequency, we look at things like what date did I purchase it and how long have I held that stock for? Now, I recently spoke with a client of mine um, and a business owner, and she talked a little bit about the fact that She has a lot of key pieces in her business that are basics, essentially. And so her her understanding of all of that was that they're basics. They're going to be in my business long enough. They can sit on my inventory tracking long enough. But there was some real conversation that we had around being able to use this information that the balance sheet provides us about our inventory, which are these dollars figures around our inventory number to understand how we, when we turn that number of inventory into a number of cash, we can use the money and fund different ventures in our business. And that's what we're talking about here. There's some real power in understanding the information on your balance sheet, like your inventory number and the components of your inventory number to understand what that then means. So whilst having basics in your range is great, You still need for your business to be turning that stock over so that you can pour those funds into other decisions or other projects that you want to make in your business. So whilst they are basic in nature and they're likely to stay in your range for long periods of time, it doesn't mean the stock itself should stay in your range of stock for a long period of time. It also gives you an indication of what stock isn't selling. Even if it's sitting there as a basic and you think it's going to stay in your range for a long period of time, if that basic isn't selling, should it actually be in your range? So there's some real valuable information that comes out of the information like inventory that sits on our balance sheet. It also sits there as a number on our balance sheet to remind us as business owners that we've got cash tied up in that. Effectively, we can't do anything more with the value of that inventory until such a time that we sell it, regardless of what that inventory is. Now, inventory turnover is going to be very different and the premise behind how quickly you should be selling something versus the type of business that you actually run is going to be very different for different people. So say, for example, if you are selling clothing, I would suggest that your inventory should turn over or should move and be sold quicker than someone who may be selling You know those nets that you have for those that uh, follow AFL football here in Australia? Go the Blues. Um, The nets that sit behind the goals while, while the players are practicing. So those nets, for example, there's a manufacturer out there or there's a business out there that actually sell them. I don't know who they are, but there's someone that sells those nets. Now, I wouldn't imagine that their inventory is going to turn over or that particular inventory is going to turn over as high or as fast 
as someone who's in clothing. So it is going to be relative, but that's the whole process of understanding these types of reports and understanding your business intimately enough through your numbers to be able to talk through the story that is your business and the events that should be taking place in your business. So we go back to this inventory number. We understand what it is on our balance sheet. The balance sheet becomes very powerful to us to be able to understand at any point in time. Now, unlike the profit and loss statement, which is generated on a 12-month basis, which is our financial years, the balance sheet is ongoing, okay? So it's the the numbers that appear on your balance sheet, like your inventory, they don't just suddenly disappear when June 30 rolls around and we move into a new financial year. They still roll on. And it's like our cash. And unfortunately, it's like our debt. Wouldn't we all like the debt to just disappear and start again in the new financial year? But it doesn't work that way. So the balance sheet itself is this rolling number. So keeping keeping yourself abreast of that information, keeping yourself looking at those numbers and understanding what that means for your business is going to assist you in making some really decisive and probably more precise decisions about how you're going to utilize those funds that appear on this statement, which is your statement of financial position or your balance sheet. It's pretty powerful. And for those of you that are carrying stock, do yourself a favor and really have a look at that number. Really understand what that number means to your business. Because I can tell you right now, regardless of how long it sits there, if it's not moving, it can actually give you the strategy to do something else. So say, for example, you may want to change your marketing strategy. Even though marketing is an expense and expenses sit on our profit and loss, the decision to adjust our marketing strategy to move our stock comes from what we're looking at in our balance sheet, what we're looking at in terms of this asset. And I think that's that's really, really important to note. So stock's a big one. For those of you who don't carry stock, the most obvious asset will be your cash asset in your business. Okay. A lot of people tend to ask the question, well, what about my staff? So my staff are my assets. Unfortunately, or fortunately for most, the definition of an asset is something that you own as a business owner that generates income. Now, we don't own our people. We may we may on some level have what we call intellectual property as assets, but that's quite technical. And that's at a very high level. And it can be, if you haven't got the right person in place to assist you, very difficult to quantify that value of your intellectual property of the people that work for you. So if you are interested in finding out a little bit more about that, speak to your accountant if you think that that's relevant, but also seek some guidance on that because we don't own our people, even though sometimes some managers think they do. What we do own are the things that we can turn into cash or cash itself, which is a a real viable asset in our business. Pretty powerful, don't you think? And it's certainly not the sort of thing that you should be ignoring when you're thinking about your business and what you should do with your cash and how much cash have I got left over and how how much inventory is sitting there and has been sitting there for a long period of time and what can I do with it and what strategy can I now put in place to make that different? Now, that may mean you might move some of your stock out and purchase some more. So the figure tends to keep increasing, but at least that visibility is important. And that's where you're going to find it 
on your balance sheet. For some of those business owners who do have their customers on account and having a customer on account means that you can still sell a good or a service to your customer, but they've got payment terms. So they don't have to pay immediately. They could have payment terms of 7, 14. I'm loathe to say that because whilst <laughs> whilst I get that that's the norm that people tend to go to, um, to people, I'm using it only and purely as an example that people understand what a payment term is. I'm not a big advocate for just going the generic 7, 14 and 21 days, but that is another episode that I'm happy to go into at some point, but we'll delve into that at another time. But my, my point here is that for those businesses who do have their customers on account, who are paying their debt down at a time after they've received either the good or service or throughout receiving the good or service. So you might take a deposit upfront and they've still got a balance outstanding. This is what we call our debtors or our accounts receivable. And this too is an asset in our business. Why? Because it's money that we have earned but not yet received from our customers, but we have a right to receive it because we've either performed a service or provided a good, either in part or in full. So that's still considered an asset. Now, why is that relevant sitting on your bank account and how is it relevant to generating income? Let me give you the hot tip that if you've got people owing you money for long periods of time, that money is idle to you. Whilst it's still yours and you still got it, there's a great risk that you may either not get it, you may only get part of it, or it may take a very long time to get it. And who's got time when you've got your own bills to pay? So your debt recovery from your customers and your clients must be paramount to you. And again, that's another episode we could have, and I must write these down. It's another episode we can have in relation to a really great and effective um, strategy for debt recovery. So always think about that. But my point here is as an asset, Our accounts receivable or our debtors, same thing, guys, is sitting there and money we could be reinvesting back into our business. Similar to what we're talking about in terms of inventory and really thinking about, well, it's been sitting there for a little while. What do I do with it? Or what? where's my missed opportunity? I have not been able to pay or get a social media guru in because I haven't got my funds yet from customer A but that's okay because I'm waiting for them to come. No, it should never be like that. So always focusing on your balance sheet in your assets is some really key valuable information on how much inventory you've got, how quickly you should be turning it over, how much cash you've got sitting there and what you could be doing with that and the opportunities there and your accounts receivable. What can you be doing with that money other than it's sitting there and somebody else benefiting from their bank account still with the interest in theirs? Should be in yours. Your accounts receivable should be low, even if you do provide that facility. There's some real obvious assets from your balance sheet. So if you haven't seen a balance sheet or you don't know where your balance sheet is, grab a hold of it. Find out where it is. Ask the people that are dealing with that in your business to show you one and show you one on a regular basis. The other thing, as I mentioned, that appears on your balance sheet is your liabilities. Now, like I said, a familiar term to most because we have liabilities in our businesses, um, some of us more than others, and that's okay. A liability in its basic terms, we're referring to the financial instruments that we have in our businesses that fund us purchasing these assets that we talk about that therefore create income in our business. So you can really see the benefit to understanding that flow 
of information, that flow of numbers in your business. These are these key financial instruments. And when I talk about a financial instrument, I talk about those financial inputs into your business that can be utilized to purchasing. So most commonly, we're talking about things like loans. We could also be talking about something as simple as a credit card or a line of credit from a supplier. There are lots of different liabilities, but there's some key liabilities that I think a lot of you would probably recognize on a regular basis. So the balance sheet not only provides you with a visual as to how much debt you have tied up in these liabilities, it also provides you with where your debt is because Each of these different financial instruments, like a loan, like a credit card or a credit, a line of credit from a supplier, they all function very differently for you. And they each have their own set of rules behind them that can can change the way you manage your liabilities. What I mean by that is that if you're keeping an eye on your liabilities and you've got some extra funds in your business to throw at your liabilities, i.e. reduce your liabilities in your business... I would suggest potentially reviewing which liabilities pose the greatest cost to you as a business owner, so those with the higher interest rates, and try and reduce the costs of those financial instruments so that it actually makes it worth it for you to have them. Say, for example, a line of credit from a supplier, you would have your own obligations around that as to the dates in which payments are due. So you would factor that into that all-encompassing cash flow forecast we talked about last time. So you would think a little bit about that when you're choosing where to allocate your cash resources. You might want to think about your loans. For example, some of your loans could be five-year loans and they could have a really great interest rate attached to them. Whilst your line of credit from your suppliers or your credit card may have a higher interest rate. So the cost is greater to you if you don't try and reduce it sooner. So you might want to manage your money based on those decisions, but having full visibility by visiting your balance sheet is going to give you that and spend some time in it because it, it gives you, gives you that story again that I talk about, you know, these numbers are so powerful. And then what you can work on is you can say, well, are these liabilities or these financial instruments that I've decided as a business owner are going to help fund the assets that I will purchase to then generate the income, are they working for me? Are they the right type of financial instruments for me? You might think that having a loan is better for your business than having, say, an overdraft. And if you don't understand the difference between the two, a loan simply is an allocation of funds that have an interest component to them. You can utilize those funds, but once you've repaid those funds, those funds are generally not available to you to reuse. Whereas an overdraft facility is a facility that, again, the funds are available to you based on an agreement between you and your financial institution. It will have some sort of cost associated with interest, and generally it's higher than a loan, but I'm just saying generally, you know, every situation is different. Generally, it's higher than a loan because once those funds are repaid back, you still have access to that fund facility for as long as the term of agreement with your bank exists or your financial institution exists. Now, bear in mind, again, that the costs associated with having that funds, those funds available to you in an overdraft generally is a little bit higher. But the beauty of it is having a an overdraft, for example, could be a great facility for those that have seasonal 
businesses whereby they don't necessarily need additional funds all the time and those funds are there when they do need them, when their funds are low or the availability to cash is low, they've got that opportunity to use it. And and again, the beauty of an overdraft is that you don't start paying interest until the very first dollar of that overdraft is used. Okay, so I digress. I've gone off again, another topic that we could be using for our podcasts, which I will talk about at some point. But my my point here is that here's just a few examples, whether they be assets or liabilities that I've spoken about already, that are key to you looking at your balance sheet. And if you're not already scrambling to find your balance sheet to see what that looks like, it surprises me because as business owners, Don't we want to know the whole big picture so that we can make those informed decisions? And the balance sheet is part of that big picture. The profit and loss, yeah, gives us the information that we need. Do we make a profit? Woohoo, great, we can celebrate. I get that. But here you have a a report in your business, and I'm sounding really passionate. Nobody's paying me to say this, guys, by the way. But here you have a balance sheet, which is a report in in your business that can tell you so much about what your next steps are and how you can actually achieve what you need to achieve going forward. And it's all in there. It's how you choose to look at that information, how you choose to dissect that information. They're going to look like numbers to start with when you first pick up your your balance sheet, right? They will. They'll just look like those numbers. But as I say every single time, give yourself some credit, take a breath and think about it. Think about the decisions that you've made in your business that have led to these numbers because they're just telling the story of what you've done. There's no magic formula. There's no degree that's required for you to be able to just look at this information. So take a moment because it's so, so valuable. And then the last piece of information that's on your balance sheet is your owner's equity. Now, the owner's equity essentially is this figure that demonstrates or is the leftover after you have taken your assets. So what you own minus your liabilities, which is what you essentially owe in the form of loans or supplies of a credit line of credit to your suppliers or credit cards. And it's the difference between the two. So what's left over? So essentially, it's what the value of your business is. Huge information. Mind blown. Think emoji. So such an important piece of information for you to understand about the trajectory of your business and where it's headed and whether you're exactly where you want it to be. Now, if those numbers don't look great, so say, for example, if your liabilities are greater than your assets, essentially what's happening here is you're funding your business more than your business is funding itself. So you can really use this information to make some decisions about what you do next. It's really, really important stuff. And it's, I just recommend that you start by having a look at it and make sure that you get what you need out of those numbers because it will, it'll change the way you do your business. Is that where you thought you were? You're not going to find that on your profit and loss statement. And when we're talking about living in the moment and not the past, which is what your profit and loss statement is, if you don't look at them both those reports together, it's not going to tell you what you need for your future. It's not going to tell you where you are for your future. It's not going to give you that platform to catapult your business off into the next phase, into the next financial year, into the next project, into the wherever you're headed. I'm a big fan of it. Like I said, it needs some love. It needs some love from business owners. 
And you know, this gets you one step closer to you being able to understand the financial terms and and the language bubble that, you know, these key financial players in your business might, might have and you don't from your bookkeeper to your accountant. Get yourself familiar with it so you can actually have those conversations. But you can have the conversation with yourself. You can have the conversation with your management team. You can have the conversation with your employees as to where you're headed next. And more importantly, you can make the plan work because you have all the pieces to the puzzle. And that's all this is. It's it's encouraging you. I'm trying to encourage you to just start by having a look. And I'll tell you what, you got any questions? Hit me up with them. You know where to find me. I'm happy to help. It's it's what I do and it's what I'm passionate about. If you can't already tell. <laughs> Give it some love and I'll speak to you next week. And that's it, guys, for another episode of the boring shit you need to know about business. I'm Amy Bajada and I'll see you next time.